Hello and welcome to the Extremist Publishing Podcast. I'm Tom Christie. Today's subject is going to be a subject of great interest uh, to anyone who knows Stirling, Forth Valley and the history of the area, and that is Forthgiving, which is a trading name of the Sons of the Rock Society. It's a very unique organisation, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Ellen Dickey, who is the current Praises or Chairperson of the organisation, and Nick Cook, who is the organisation's outgoing secretary. Welcome both. Good morning. Good morning. Well, I'm delighted to be uh, joining you today to discuss this uh, very interesting topic because the Sons of the Rock Society goes back a very, very long time. In fact, I think back to about 1808. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be right? 1809. Um, it's certainly uh, an organisation that has made a huge impact on Stirling, but uh, it has a very interesting genesis, doesn't it? Indeed. Um, it's very interesting to me as a historian that um, this society came in existence two years after the abolition of the Slave Trade Act in 1807 and Glasgow was um, quite a hotbed of anti-slavery protest and I think that some of the people who were motivated by that then looked around and realised that there was an awful lot more they could do within within the Glasgow neighbourhood uh, surrounded by appalling deprivation. Yeah, because so much has changed in society and yet in many ways the challenges that we face are very much the same. And uh, I think forthgiving now, um, as then, uh, is very much concerned with finding practical solutions uh, to the issues that are facing society today. Um, Yet it has been a very distinctive organisation. It's one that has had uh, so much uh, of an impact, not just on Stirling, but on the Forth Valley area. Um, Would you like to say a bit more about the... uh, the influence that it's had over the centuries. Yes, this has this has changed greatly over the, over two hundred years. Um, I think um, it was it was very much involved in the relief of poverty through pensions that were the, that were awarded to the deserving poor, as it was then you know seen all through the nineteenth century um, and into the first half of the twentieth, indeed. Um, and then came the welfare state. And I think a repositioning of the organisation was was inevitable. And by the time I was became involved as a member in the late 1990s, I think the society was beginning to rather wonder which way it should go. Um, and I've been very, very pleased and impressed, I think, by the fact that over the last 15, 20 years, um, I think the society, or the forthgiving as we now call the charity, has found uh, a very much more practical and positive role than I think it's ever had recently, um, thanks to the work of, of some, some very hard-working trustees. Um, and I think, I think we are now seen to be very much um, an important part of the funding network for people in need. Well, for any listeners who are uh, perhaps not familiar with Stirling and its uh, surroundings, uh, the Sons of the Rock Society um, takes its name from the Castle Rock upon which the current Stirling Castle stands. Um, Of course, there have been a number of different settlements in that place. Um, In particular, uh, during the Wars of Independence, the castle would have looked quite different. And uh, we believe, of course, that there were um, different tribal settlements there even before that. So, I mean, even going back to antiquity and prehistory, it certainly has a very long history. Um, But the organisation itself... Um, the Sons of the Rock uh, has an exceptionally uh, proud heritage because it goes all the way back as Nick has mentioned uh, to Victorian times and uh, there's certainly an exceptional 
um, historical record of the work of the society in that time. Um, the Stirling Smith Art Gallery and Museum, for instance, uh, has in their archive uh, a variety of photographs of members of the organisation, and there have certainly been some very prominent figures uh, as part of the organisation in that time. Isn't that isn't that the case? Yes, I think perhaps the most famous individual member is probably a former Prime Minister, Campbell Bannerman, um, who was only Prime Minister for a very short time, in the early, in the, right at the beginning of the 20th century. But of course he was a sterling MP, um, and I think this bears out the fact that, that being a member of the Sons of the Rock Society was seen as a great honour, almost an accolade, for the great and the good. Um, and there was still quite a hint of this by the time that I uh, my wife and I joined and I think that's now very much in the past we, we've moved on from there and I think now the focus is very much more on, on, on what we do as a charity um, rather, rather than who we are but yes I mean I think over the, over the 200 years there, there have been some, some, some quite famous people involved Yes, because uh, one of the uh, really distinctive things about the organisation um, is its uh, old Hansel Monday lecture. Uh, and you've certainly had some very, very prominent names um, who have become established uh, over the years uh, who have taken part in that lecture. We conceived the idea of, of re restructuring the old Hansel Monday event about 15 years ago now. Um, and it, it has now become um, a well-established uh, le lecture and supper held in Stirling or Falkirk each mid-January um, on Old Hansel Monday um, and I think the very first year we did this was 2005 or six. And anyway um, we had a talk on the agricultural revolution in the castle of Stirling um, by an expert on, in that field um, which was absolutely fascinating. I think the following year we then had our, our, our former MP Michael Forsyth talking about Campbell Bannerman and what what he achieved um, and we've had a, a, a cross-section of historians, politicians um, and journalists um, who, who've, who've given us a sort of very broad range of, of talks about the, um, not just the heritage of, 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 of Sterling but also I think the the whole charity scene uh, uh, and, and and that across the Fourth Valley much more generally. Mm. Yeah. And isn't that really one of the things that makes uh, Fourth Giving uh, quite a unique organisation in that sense, is that because yes there is the, uh, the emphasis towards um, philanthropy but there's also a very strong uh, cultural history aspect as well. In, in, indeed, indeed, yes, yes. Yeah. In addition to our, our Old House on Monday events, we've also introduced members' events um, where we, we, we visited places of, of, of interest, historical interest, in, in the Fourth Valley area, more to find out the history and, and how they work. Um, for instance, we went, had a very interesting day at Calendar House Museum in Falkirk, um, and one of our members is in fact one of the Forbes family who, who lived there hundred years ago. Uh, he, he's, he was a grandson of the last F F Forbes owner. Um, so he, he gave a kind of personal reminiscence of what the place was like pre-Second pre World War. And then we had the Falkirk History Society talking about the, the role of the museum today and how they operate the place. And it was a, it was a very, very interesting day.
Well, both of you have had a very long association with uh, Forthgiving. Um, if I could ask you, Ellen, how did you come to be involved in the society and its work? Well, the reality is somebody asked me if I was interested in supporting a charity and the way she described it was that helped the poor. Now, given my own background, that was like somebody saying, we think you would be really good at doing this because you've once been poor yourself. And what has been fascinating for me, um, I was reading the other day, uh, uh, the, the phrase that we constantly read and hear in the news at the moment is the cost of living crisis. And that phrase for me encapsulates exactly why this charity is so desperately needed. The cost of living crisis, when, when you look around, for example, Stirling, which has very affluent areas in it, etc. But the reality is last winter, 42% of the people in Stirling could not afford to put their heating on over Christmas. And you think to yourself, well, how did that happen? Well, it happened for a whole range of reasons. But what fascinates me when I listen to Nick talking about um, how, how this charity began is that there's actually not much difference. Mm -hmm. there, are still, there are still ideas around the deserving and the undeserving poor. And, and, and when you see television programmes that talk about um, scroungers and people on benefits, the actual reality is that although we call, we say that we live in a welfare society, the reality is very, very different. So the reality of claiming benefits nowadays does not keep you out of being poor. And, and being poor is not just about money. And one of the things that I think that, that as a, an organisation I think we continue to do really well is, okay, we're probably the only charity locally that will put money into somebody's bank account. But do you know the other thing and probably the most, the best thing we do is that we show that we care. Because if you are poor, if you are financially poor, you, you are locked off from a whole range of different things. And psychologically, you are likely to suffer mental health problems. You're constantly worried. You don't see an end to it. And you think to yourself, I'm, I'm on my own. But this charity says, no, you're not on your own. Somebody cares enough to actually respond to your request. And I think that is huge, absolutely huge. Yes, it was the uh, great author Terry Pratchett who said the 
worst thing about poverty is that it's a very expensive thing to have to deal with, uh, and how true that is. Um, you know, and I think that's the wonderful yeah. thing. Uh, you're absolutely yeah. right about the uh, the practical solutions that forthgiving provides um, to help people in practical ways. Um, now, Nick, you've been the secretary for the past fifteen years, but your history with the society goes back even further than that, doesn't it? Yes, I think as I mentioned, my wife and I joined as members sometime in the 1990s. We were sort of collared by a friend who said, this is, this is a good sort of organisation to belong to, come, and, come along and join us. And, and in those days, almost the only thing that, that seemed to happen, seemed to happen, was a black tie dinner in, in mid-January. <laughs> and I'm very glad that we moved on from those days, frankly, because I was then invited to become um, a director on the board and um, I was almost embarrassed by the, by, by the lack of process in, in the whole grant making you know, pr procedure. It, was, it seemed to depend on, 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 on who knew of anything that, that, that was worthy of support. There was no system to it at all um, and, I, and I, think we've, I, think, I, think, I think we as a charity have come on by leaps and bounds since those days. Um, at, at, as Ellen has said, I mean, we are, we are, I think, doing a very good job in a field where there is a desperate need, and we are one of the very few charities that actually gives money directly to individuals and families. Mm. That's very rare. Yeah, which, as you rightly say, is needed more than ever between mm. uh, yeah. the rise in energy mm. costs, uh, the rise in home rental, mm. um, and yeah. uh, mortgage payments, all those mm. things all add up. And uh, mm. as, you, as you rightly say, anything that's going to make a, yeah. a practical difference to people's uh, lives uh, has got to be something that is, is celebrated. Yeah. Um, now, uh, as you say, that's the interesting thing, isn't it, about the society, is the way that it balances its philanthropic aims with its... Uh, its heritage, its cultural heritage, and uh, the old Hansel Mundy uh, event, um, actually, when you look back, um, was quite a, a, an august occasion in the Scottish uh, social calendar, because it marked the end of the Hugmanay celebrations. Um, yes. I think it was known as the Daft Days, wasn't it? It ran from, <laughs> right. from Hugmanay all the way through to old Hansel Mundy. Um, so for anyone outside of Scotland, that, that was, uh, you know, that was definitely one of those... Uh, uh, celebratory periods um, at a point really when when Christmas wasn't even a bank holiday in Scotland. Yes. Um, so uh, so it's very interesting to know that it still plays that uh, that part, isn't it, in in the sterling social history, um, and and also you know it's one of those um, organisations I think that people often mention in the same breath as things like the the Stirling Guildry, and uh, and other um, historical societies in and around the city. Um, so it's good to know that it has that connection with places like the, the uh, Stirling Smith Art Gallery and Museum, which I think was founded in 1874. Um, it's, it's very much part of uh, Stirling's history now. Um, and the, the thing that impresses me the most, of course, is the fact that it's, it's really perhaps fair to say that it's more um, active now than it's ever been Indeed. in terms yeah. of helping people. Indeed, yeah. yes. yes. And I think I would also emphasise, Tom, that, that, that in the last sort of five or six years, the board's been really, really um, effective, in my view, in, in, in looking at serious issues about how do you want to be seen by people out there, what's, what does our brand look like, and this of course led to forthgiving being adopted as a name, and I'm very pleased to say that it was Ellen who actually came up with the name, um, and I think it sums up what we, what we are and what we do brilliantly.
Mm. Um, Sons of the Rock Society, to be honest, is, is a foully sexist title mm. um, that is completely inappropriate for, for a trading charity in this day and age. But we've kept the name in the legally registered charity with Oscar. Mm. So um, it still exists, but, but in the background. Yes. Um, and we are still a membership organisation. People can people can join us, and we're looking for more members all the time, mm. because it's it's great that I mean financially, <coughs> all our grants are funded from from donations, um, our investment income and and, and, and subscriptions, mm. is, is what covers our admin costs. Yes. So it's great to be able to go out there and say every penny you every penny you give us goes into our grants pot. Yes, and that's a very, very important point that you've made actually, that forthgiving doesn't just cover Stirling and the, mm. uh, the ancient borough of Stirling, but mm. uh, Clackmannanshire and Falkirk as well. Um, both of them, you know, very historical um, parts of, of Scotland um, and, uh, you know, areas that have, uh, you know, a, a very diverse population. Mm. Uh, so it's very important, isn't it, to get the word out that, uh, that it covers all of those areas as well. Yeah, one of the th one of the things that I was thinking about recently was that I, I've only I'm a newbie in terms of relationship with Nick. I've only been around for ten years, <laughs> so but but the organisation has been really brave in that it has had to move with whatever was happening out there, and therefore it had to be really fast on the ball if it wanted to actually make sure that they were doing what they said they were going to do. And one of the things that's happened most recently was as a result of COVID. Mm -hmm. And COVID had a huge effect on people's lives all sorts of in all sorts of different ways. And one of the ways I did a wee survey of our applications during the, the, the two years and beyond the two years that COVID was rife and the rise in domestic violence was, you, it was difficult to, uh, you know, it was difficult to see, well, why should this be? And then when you think, when you think about it, of course, relationships in poverty are difficult to sustain. And if they're not strong relationships, they crumble. And it's usually women with children who are affected most. I, I'm not being sexist when I say that, but the reality is that women's aid during the, the, the time of the two years of COVID was, was absolutely full of women and children who had had to flee domestic violence. And the only way that they could, uh, the only way that they could actually say to people, "I need help," was through women's aid. So, of course, we need to keep close links with a huge range of organisations mm -hmm. across Falkirk, Clackmannan, and Stirling, mm -hmm. and women's aid was one of those organisations. Yeah. And it, it's like it's like weaving. A blanket because the connection between people their psychological their mental state their physical state what's happening to them is all important so the organizations that deal with all sorts of different things citizens advice bureau salvation army churches 
we have created a web of of relationships, mainly through Nick, I have to say, um, a lot of really good and warm relationships. So they know that we do what we say on the tin. Yes. And I, I was in a, a, a senior secondary school in Stirling recently, speaking to six S3 pupils. And it was absolutely fascinating. The, the, the particular school um, has a wide, you know, gets pupils from a wide area within Stirling, and Stirling has particular areas. Um, some are areas where the poverty is higher, and some are areas where there are more rich people. It's much the same in most towns, I would think. But what was fascinating was that, that these, these young women, about 15, were all in the same class, but they all had completely different experiences. And when, when, when I was talking to them about what do we mean by poverty, they were they would say, "Oh well, everybody everybody's got a mobile phone. There isn't anybody that doesn't have a mobile phone these days." Mm. Of course, that is nonsense. Mm. <laughs> So, so I think one of the things this organisation has been really good at, and we will continue to be good at, mm. is that we make the connections. We make both the psychological connections in terms of poverty and the reality, the money connections. Mm. You need to buy, like we recently had a request from a couple living in a rural part of Stirling because they were freezing, they mm. couldn't afford to have any heating and mm. they were an elderly couple. When I joined I never thought that I would be signing a slip that said when I was saying yes to an application about buying bags of coal. Mm. And it actually reminded me of, I had gone into the archives ages ago to have a look at what had happened in the early days. And one of the first um, entries in one of the first meetings of the organisation, um, at the top of what we call the top of the town, which is just down from the castle, it was a young 14-year-old boy that didn't have any winter shoes. Yes. And this organisation yes. was able to get winter shoes for him. His name was Billy. And you know, this in some ways when you look back you think it's terribly sad that as a world we have not moved beyond this. Mm -hmm. It is sad, but as long as this organisation can maintain its status and can continue to fundraise and get more and more donations, we will be supporting people, men, women and children, who need it most. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that is a vitally significant thing actually because many of the issues that you, you've brought up there are issues which sadly are still no longer widely discussed and they should be um, because forthgiving um, has very much as part of its ethos a, a commitment 
to care for the the entire person, doesn't it? I mean, yes. not not just their their domestic well being, but their yeah. their mental health, their sense yes. of well being, yes. uh, as well. And and I think that's it's such an important <coughs> issue, um, because I think more and more now, um, because of the the many different stresses of modern life, um, there has to be a greater emphasis on the many different parts of the individual, um, and how yes. how their well being might be maintained uh, in these challenging times. Now, you mentioned um, that the organisation is still seeking members. Uh, how would people find out more about uh, forthgiving and how they might get involved? I think nowadays we would, we, 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 we would, we would recommend they, they go online in the first instance and you find the membership page on our website, um, which I think we need to read to, to, to probably develop a lot, a lot further than it is at the moment. But that's that would be the first port of call, and I'm I'm still quite old-fashioned about these things. I believe leaflets also have a role to play, um, and that would be a very good to update our our leaflet too. Yes, um, and the website would be forthgiving.org.uk. Is that right? Mm, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we certainly yes. recommend anyone uh, who has an interest um, certainly go online, find out more about the uh, the social media channels mm -hmm. um, and uh, the various different uh, information. Yeah. Um, that can be discovered on the website uh, relating to the society and its aims in the present day. So I uh, would have to ask both of you, um, where do you see things going in the future for forthgiving? Uh, how do you think it can adapt to meet changing needs? I think, as Ellen has said, the fact we have adapted so much in the last 10-15 years, I think, I think, you know, we'll, I think, I think that, that will stand us in good stead in terms of our organisational culture. Um, we encourage quite a, quite as a regular throughput of new people coming onto the board. And I mean, I've, I've now worked with, I think it's seven different pre-seas or chair in, in my, my term as secretary. And it's very interesting. Each one has brought something slightly different to the party. And I think that's, that's, that's benefited the organisation greatly. And I think that, that that's one of our strengths. Yes. So as long as we continue doing that, I think we, I think, I think the future will be much as it, mm -hmm. it should be very successful. Yes. I, I would like to see, uh, given my increasing age, I would like to see younger people getting involved. Mm -hmm. And when I was speaking to um, the S3 girls in in the secondary school, it's quite fascinating because they said could we join? Now, I've never ever been asked by a 15-year-old if they could join this organisation. It's usually, it's usually been word of mouth as far as I know, because that's how I found out about it. But we need young blood. We need young blood, partly because of the, the rise in the use of the technology, partly because there are... Th we are looking at a cohort of people who do not have access to the things that many people automatically have access to. And therefore we need, we need more people who are in the position of being poor as trustees. And, and for me that would be absolutely wonderful yes. because that would help shape, it would give legitimacy and it would help shape the organisation because the poor are not going to be given loads of money any time soon. Yeah. Yes, 
Yes. So, so I think we need to hear their voices. We need to hear their voices. Yes. And for such a, a long-running organisation as Forthgiving, um, and obviously Sons of the Rock before it, um, it's by nature a multi-generational um, kind of effort. Um, and it would be wonderful to see that continue for another yeah. 200 years and more. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Nick yeah. and Ellen, thank you so much for having taken the time to join us today. Uh, I'm really grateful to you both for having uh, spoken about so many really vitally important issues um, which are affecting not just people here in the Forth Valley area, but right across the country and beyond. Um, I think there has never been a more important time for people to become active uh, in supporting each other uh, in a community-minded way. Um, and uh, I think there can be few organisations that have the community more in mind um, than, uh, than Forthgiving has had. So thank you both for having taken the time today to, to speak about your own experiences. Thank oh, you very much, Tom. Tom. Thank you. Thanks. Just a reminder that if you would like to find out more about Forthgiving, um, you can visit their website at forthgiving.org.uk or you can check them out on various different social media platforms. Thank you very much for having joined us today. I hope that you'll tune in again soon. Mm -hmm.